0: You miss Canty and Carlin.
1: I tell you what, it is really a fascinating question when you see how the Rams are playing, when you see what their problems are right now, to consider if, in fact, this is a season worth saving. For the Rams. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, uh, the ESPN app. And Again, th- another dollar.
2: Jeez,
0: another dollar. You keep doing it to yourself. He caught himself. The
2: ESPN app. There was a catch there, right? No,
0: but he said it. I, I, I said, well, how about The listeners cents. heard it. You're confusing cents. our audience. Come on, man. man it, was it was like, like half. Together. It was like half. Listen, I gave you an hour to warm up. I, I gave you grace in the first hour. By Why the second you... hour,
1: you need to be humming. Why are you yelling at me? Because you deserve <laughs> it. You yelled at Keyshawn Johnson earlier. And he's a guest on our doggone show. All I said was state of fact. He's not a Hall of Famer. That's all.
0: That's the way you did it. It seemed a little bit icky.
1: Just like the Rams trying to salvage this season. It's a bad situation with the Rams right now. And I know that you might look at it and say, well, how can we say this at this juncture of the year? Well, we all know what we were watching the other night. And that was a team that's not terribly good, even though they're 2-2 and on the year. And I don't know that you can feel... Like the Rams can really contend when you have the problems that you do on the offensive line, when the quarterback is clearly hampered by an injury, when Allen Robinson can't find his way open at all on the offense, and all you're doing is throwing the ball to Cooper Cup because that's the only guy you can rely on to catch the ball and you know where he's going to be. And Tyler Higby too. And then defensively, you know, the Rams have stars at a couple of different spots but it's pretty clear that so far it's not nearly enough. Chris, I can make the argument that unless you are going to get an all-pro tackle and or an all-pro guard and a terrific pass rusher like Robert Quinn and a really, really good receiver if Odell Beckham is healthy enough, the Rams' season isn't worth saving. And I can make the argument even with those investments it may not be worth saving.
0: Think about what you just outlined, though. You said we got to get a receiver. That can be a game-breaker. Yeah. We got to get a left tackle or a significant piece along the offensive line, and we got to get a pass rusher. Carlin, you just named three of the five most valuable positions in the NFL. And you're trying to get a mid-year. That's going to cost you a lot in the way of resources, whether Uh it's draft picks and or cap space. Do you think the Rams can swing all of those moves? Because here's the thing. If you don't make... Each and every one of those moves, then your chances of being able to repeat as a as a as a world champion they're out the window. Well, this and is... here's the thing: I think they're teetering on the line of being a team on the outside looking into the playoffs. That's how bad it is with the LA Rams right now.
1: Well, here's here's the bigger issue: Are We talking about the window being shut, or is the window just shut on this year? What am I talking about? The window shut. Okay. Well, hang on though. Let's let's. Talk about that because Aaron Donald's still locked up for a long time. Yep, Jalen Ramsey's still got a big contract. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree they can both still play pretty well. Yes, and then I got Matthew Stafford, and I I paid Cooper Cup. So, am I going anywhere with any of those guys? No, they're going to be here. So what I need to figure out is, do I just shut the door on this season? And in a couple of weeks, maybe if they find themselves at two and four or two and five. Maybe I just decide, hey, I need Matthew Stafford to be right for next year. Let's make sure he's right for next year. And I shut that down and And if he needs surgery, I get it taken care of, and if he just needs to rehab it for a year, then that's what we're doing because those still those primary pieces are still going to be there, and maybe I could try to swing some things around them. I'm going to tell you this: if you end up at two
0: and four that means you would have lost at home to the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. with Cooper Rush and the Carolina Panthers. At that point, shut it down. Your season's over. Now you're talking about trading off pieces in order to bring back assets and give you cat relief. It's like what we see in Major League Baseball at the trade deadline, Carlin. That's going to have to be the approach that this organization takes because let's let's be honest, their approach to building this team was unconventional. This is the model that we see in the NBA and in Major League Baseball. We don't see teams in the NFL saying F them picks. Teams look at draft picks as gold because it gives you an opportunity to add talent at controllable costs. When the Rams go out and trade multiple first-round draft picks in order to bring over star players, they pay them top-of-the-market prices. At some point, you run out of money in your salary cap. And we're seeing the ramifications of that now because this is a Rams team that doesn't have a ton of depth on either side of the ball. They don't have a game-breaker wide receiver. Van Jefferson is out. I know they got high hopes for him, but you should have more receivers in that receiver room that you think can make a difference. You went out and got Allen Robinson, and he's been a ghost for the first quarter of the season. You look at the defensive, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you got Aaron Donald. Yeah, you got Leonard Floyd. But do you have any other pressure players there? I mean, it, do we want to qualify Bobby Wagner as that at this stage in his career? I wouldn't. Jalen Ramsey? He's a good football player, but he's not what he was. He he He's not the guy that we said is definitively the best cornerback in football anymore. So, yeah, th- there, there are some serious question marks that we have about the Rams. And if your top-tier talent, your highest-paid guys can't perform like the best at their respective positions in the NFL, then this team
1: is not going anywhere this season. But next year, can Aaron Donald perform next year as a top talent in the league? I believe so. Yeah, of course he can. If Stafford is healthy, can he get back to that? I think he can I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So just to I don't know. just to, without getting too far into the weeds, like the guy that they can cut loose after this year and it's not it's gonna just save them a ton of money, there's there's really two of them. There's Leonard Floyd and there's Jalen Ramsey. And you cut those two loose after this year, that's about forty five million. That's about $45 million would and you pick and, up. And, and I would have to
0: consider it. If, yeah. I, if I'm less need, I have to consider
1: it. I, I would, too. Yeah. But my point is, the door doesn't, or the window doesn't have to be shut on the rims winning a championship in the next couple of years. It can be on this year. And look, are they going to lose both of these games and go to two and four? Probably not. But as much as they may be sitting there saying, get us to the bye week, and then we'll rest up do you up, see, see what's on the other to? side of the bye week that's my point you
0: you got the 49ers and then you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers exactly. in tampa
1: exactly this is my point yeah even if i'm 3 and 3 which i probably will be i mean i will argue that they might that they're going to lose to the cowboys yeah
0: so let's split it yeah let's say they're 3 so, Chris, and 3 so if they're
1: 3 and 3 and it doesn't look to me like Stafford's elbow is much better mm-hmm. and the doctors tell me hey if if you let him sit out and you get this right over the next year, whether it's surgery or whatever, and I can have them ready to go for next training camp, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I, I, can, I can make moves. The, th- the one thing that the Rams have shown is that they can make moves and alter enough to be right back in the mix. And they can do all that without trading away assets right now that they can use to help. They they don't well, have to trade away the future one. They don't have to trade away a two or a three this year.
0: Yeah, but you traded away two future ones to get Jalen Ramsey. Why not trade him away and try to get a one back? Oh, maybe he will. That's what you do. I mean, Leonard Floyd, I Is Jalen Ramsey worth a one right now? For for the right team, I'm sure yeah. he is, even with the big salaries. Because Somebody, as you said, people are always people looking for People are always for looking for DBs, man. Yeah. You're always looking for DBs. And if you're in the championship hunt, you got to have
1: them. So you they got to have it, three they, corners They basically treat Jalen Ramsey like their own Von Miller from last year. Yeah. Trade him away. Yeah, go get what down. you can. Listen, Chris. We're, listen, the next, the more the, I hear about it, the, the more I think about it, the more I love this. The play next five, the, Rams.
0: the next five weeks of this season is going to tell us which direction the Rams got to go. But what we do know is you can't stay the course. This this team ain't good enough for that. No, they're not. No, you can't. The and trade, so that's that's the thing we have to see. The trade
1: deadline is before week eight or after it. Uh, I believe it's it's set for, for November first. Yeah. So
0: November 1st would be right after week eight.
1: So that means that they'll have
0: that. That's the week that they play the Buccaneers. They would just be coming off of a game against the 49ers.
1: Right. And then you've got, I mean, it's not terribly easy the rest of the way. There are a couple of games, but I wouldn't put their chances at great for doing anything this year at that point.
0: No, I listen. I'm not ready to assign them a win on the road in New Orleans. I don't think they're going
1: to win on the road in Kansas City. And I don't think they're going to win on the road in Green Bay. Let's get him a new T shirt that says instead of blank them picks, gimme them picks. <laughs> give me them picks. Exactly. <laughs> give me them picks. Because that to me is the best way to a short term answer, meaning the next couple of years for the Rams. Well, you gotta know you gotta know when to hold them and know
0: when to fold them. You gotta be honest with yourself and saying, Can we win another championship as constituted with this being our highest paid guys? And well, I would argue that the answer is no.
1: Yeah. And if you go further into this, the only people that you're bluffing are yourself. Yeah, and that's matter. what
0: Bill Parcell said, the worst thing you can do in this business is fool yourself.
1: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, in just moments, there was something that came up on Get Up this morning that we got to get down on. Oh. And we will explain. Uh-huh. His head is going in his hands. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
2: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: We love watching Get Up. Check it out. Canty's on it every week. He's on it Friday, if I'm not mistaken. This, this Friday, week. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm usually a hump day guy.
0: But- right. But they pushed me to Friday.
1: Yeah. yeah. Got a little extra sleep today. That's yeah, all right. No, I ain't mad at it. No. But I mad at it. today, I, I have a feeling that your head might have exploded had you been there today. It would have. Yeah, it because have. Uh, there were some takes on the NFL MVP a quarter of the way through the season that were uh, interesting, doesn't begin to cover mm. it. Uh, alarming, I think, would be more of an appropriate adjective. You're correct. Point. So, you know. Let's get right to it. It's
2: Get Up in the Morning. Good morning. It is time to get up. But in the afternoon, we get down. Get down on it. It's time for Get Up,
1: Get Down. Get down on it. Yeah, we're about to get down on this. Here is a uh, medley, if you will. Montage. A montage. Yeah. Uh, a selection of all of the choices for MVP uh, a quarter of the way through the season this morning from the panel on Get Up.
2: Who is the MVP of the league right now? There he is, Micah Parsons. <laughs> Josh Allen, and it's it's not mm, close. I'm
3: still going to say Lamar
1: because of what is asked of him. I think you've all overlooked the obvious. Cooper Rush.
2: <laughs> what? Cooper Rush resurrected them. Cooper Rush has you single-handedly clown, kept alive the season.
1: Oh my! I,
0: I know Greeny wasn't serious when he did that. He's just doing that for fodder and trying to fan the flames. So? When it, no question about it. There's yeah. no way he believes that Cooper Rush is the MVP through the first four
1: games of the NFL regular season. Uh, here's the no chance. I, I know what his rationale is. With well, that. because he saved the Cowboys' season, right? Yeah, we all right. had him buried um, for dead. It's a, it's and a silly. Hey, let's give him a chance to explain it more, shall we? Go ahead. Here he is ex- really explaining this choice of Cooper Rush. There is a team
2: in the National Football League that when, after the week one of the season, every person I have on this set buried. Damian Woody put his thumb down. Their season is done. Rex Ryan said they're dead. Marcus Spears, the former Cowboys, said they're dead. And then Cooper Rush resurrected them. Cooper Rush has <laughs> single-handedly a clown, kept alive the season. He's the backup quarterback of whom you nothing was so expected. He looks like a d- phys ed teacher. In a high school, <laughs> and he goes running out there, and he's three and zero, yeah. and he actually has the highest uh, QBR the of up. any quarterback in the sport when pressured oh, yeah. this season. You guys are out of your mind. Why okay, is everyone
1: laughing? A couple of couple of clowns I caught in there. They were saying towards Green. so
0: disrespectful. Oh, fa. so disrespectful. It was, it, would,
1: it was almost as if they said he wasn't a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, but Greeny's <laughs> being disrespectful when he talks about the impact that a player has and the reason why a team wins. I would argue that this team is winning more games because of Michael Parsons in that defense than they are because of Cooper Rush. Hell, even Cooper Rush admitted that. So how the hell can he be the MVP of the team
1: or the league through the first quarter of the season? It is an exceptionally flawed premise on no Greenie's part. No doubt. Uh, the only two that I can take seriously at this point are Lamar, which at the moment, I, I couldn't give it to him, even though... He has been what he's been because they have led for 13 seconds or whatever that ridiculous 14 number seconds is. yeah and they're two and two or, or that they have trailed for 14 trailed seconds for 14, and yeah. they have they are two and two on the season and the other is Parsons but he's been a little quieter the last couple of games. Of course, he's always going to draw the attention, which will open it up a bit for other people. But
0: that's why it'll make it hard for him to be an MVP. No, you have to
1: have the eye-popping numbers. That's
0: what it is, and it's going to be hard for him to get those because he does attract a lot of attention. But it's not because he's fallen off. It's just because that offenses are circling number 11 in the game plan and saying, we can't let this guy beat us.
1: It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So having said that, are there guys that – are not being talked about enough. And I know who the first one is. I know who the first one is. Oh, you know where I'm at with this. Pat Mahomes, (laughs) man. I don't
0: don't understand how you can have a panel of four people talking about who should be the quarter poll MVP in the NFL regular season, and nobody, I mean nobody, nobody brings up Pat Mahomes, especially after what we saw on Sunday night against what we all said was the best defense in the National Football League in the Bucs. Think about that, Carlin. That's He hung 41 points on the Bucks on Sunday Night Football, primetime. Eye-popping plays, Colin. The play on third down against Carlton Davis in the first quarter where he shrugs him off and he throws it to Juju to convert. Or down at the goal line in the second quarter, he puts the spin move on Devin White, floats it over the defense's head to Clyde Edwards, a layer for a touchdown. Like, he makes, he makes these plays that are special look routine. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I guess we've become desensitized to it, but this guy was... I think that's exactly what This happened. guy is AFC Offensive Player of the Week for a reason. And all we wanted to talk about was losing Tyreek Hill. Carlin, through the first four games in the NFL, who leads all quarterbacks in QBR? That would be Patrick Mahomes. Who leads all quarterbacks in touchdown passes? P- Patrick Mahomes with 11. Exactly. I, I, I just don't understand how we live in a world where four football analysts, four panelists, talk about MVPs... And don't talk about Pat Mahomes.
1: Chris, how did I not talk about Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts should be absolutely in that discussion yeah, right now. He should be. Through four games, he is the only quarterback of an undefeated team, and he has done everything he has needed to do to win games for the Eagles. Jalen yeah. Hurts is very much in that discussion. Who else do you want to put in that discussion right now? Who has been good enough at that level? That you would consider it. Well, we gotta put in Saquon Barkley.
0: That's where I was gonna go. We gotta go with Saquon. I mean, he leads the league in rushing and yards from scrimmage, if I'm three not and mistaken, one. and they're three and one. Nobody on the nobody had the Giants at being three and one through the first four on the bingo card. Nobody. But it's been because of Saquon Barkley. Last week, Daniel Jones gets hurt, Tyrod Taylor comes in, he gets knocked out with a concussion because he tries to lead first first and get a first down. I don't know why you would do that as the backup quarterback. Tyrod, my former teammate, he should know better, but he didn't. Saquon Barkley is in as the Wildcat quarterback, and that's how the Giants were able to close that game out and bleed the clock. Him and Matt Breida in the backfield taking turns running the football. Now, I don't know what it's going to be across the pond this Sunday against the Packers, but Saquon Barkley has shown that this guy – is on a whole nother level. Carlin, I got to apologize, because I had him as one of the most overrated players coming into this season, and it's clear that this dude is back. He's finally healthy, and he's putting together a special, special campaign. He's been lights out, and that team is 3-1 and where nobody would have expected it. Carlin, there was a screen pass where the defense for the Bears had him dead to rights. The guy reverses field and turns it into a 15-yard game. He's just doing things that you only see on the video game Madden. That, that, that's how good he is. He's on another level. I mean, dare I say, Carlin, right now, he's the best running back in the National Football League. Yeah,
1: he is. I'll quickly throw one last one at you just for the heck of it. You ready? Yeah. Nick Bosa.
0: Ooh, that's, Six a good one. that's a good one.
1: Six sacks. That's a good one. That team's alive because of on, Nick Bosa, on, not on Jimmy be, On
0: the best defense in the NFL.
1: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, you can watch us now on the ESPN app. Just open the app, click watch on the bottom of the screen. Bang, there we are. Did it this morning to watch Greeny. It was perfect. Absolutely as easy as pie. We are also on Sirius XM Channel 80. Up next, Aaron Judge did it. Number 62 last night. But is it the one true record or not? We'll discuss
3: next. ESPN Radio.
2: Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin.
1: It was a great, great moment last night, yet I have to go and ruin it. Aaron, Why? J- Aaron Judge goes and hits number 62. Awesome, awesome moment. Loved it. Couldn't get enough. And immediately, I'm turning my attention. Well, what what does it mean if he, do, you know, doesn't do it in the postseason? I mean, <laughs> it's is that, that what you did? Well, that kind of
0: thing comes into my mind. Well, as a Yankees fan, I have a degree of skepticism toward my team in the postseason as well. But I can't, I can't look at that in that moment. I can't focus on that, especially when his mom is in the stands going crazy, his teammates all clear the dugout oh, took me good to congratulate minutes. him. Like, that, that was a magical moment. It and, took me and, a good— And everybody embraced it, and everybody understood it. So I'm glad that it happened for him relatively early in the game because we, we talked about how he was running out of opportunities to actually break the record. I'm glad that that pressure is now off. The thing I also love about Aaron Judge is the sports character. Yeah, I broke the record, but I'm going to be in the lineup today too. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he's still going to play even though he doesn't have to, even though the Yankees' playoff fate is pretty much settled in terms of what their overall seeding is going to be. So, listen man, I respect the guy and and it couldn't happen to a better person in baseball. I said it before, I'll say it again. Aaron Judge is the closest thing baseball has seen to Derek Jeter.
1: Period. He he didn't he did end up taking the day off. So, he did. Yeah. He said he wasn't going to take the day off. Maybe. I'm sure that Boone said, hey, dial it back, take the day off. But the fact that he wanted to be in the lineup and he
0: said he was going to be in the lineup. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But it wasn't announced until like an hour before the game today. Yeah. It came out. But honestly, he is everything that's right with what's going on. But, Chris, moving forward here, there's a few different ways this is going to be looked at. Let's look at the postseason. Now, I have no worries whatsoever that he's going to go into a postseason slump Mm -hmm. like we did when he first got up into the big leagues, okay? I have no worries about that. I do wonder how it will be all viewed if that happens because this is a team that is always graded one way, and that's by the championships. So does it affect Judge contractually? Does it affect Judge from a public perception moving forward? Does it affect... The Yankees and how they will treat Judge in the offseason when, yes, he had a massive regular season, but let's just say for whatever reason, they're out in the division series. And Judge, you know, goes one for 13. Well, it's not a good look, but I don't think it's going to do anything to hurt what's going to
0: happen contractually this offseason for him. Now, it may. But again, we grade
1: the Yankees by championships.
0: Yeah, so, we, that's, that's all to fine, but I mean what Aaron Judge brings to the table is beyond just the Yankees winning a championship. This guy, if you're a team that's looking for a power bat this offseason, you're not going to find a better one than Aaron Judge on the market. No. And oh by the way, he's a gold glove caliber outfielder. So let's right now. Let, let, let's 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 throw that in
1: there as well. Right now, but at 31 I mean, let's be clear. Well, what, You're probably only going to get two years of that, maybe. Well,
0: you've, it's two to three years, but here's the thing, Carlin, we got the universal DH now. So there's always <laughs> going to be value for Aaron Judge. He can always DH if you need him to, and that right. bat is going to be good for the next six, five or six seasons.
1: I, I'm not taking the glove into account all that much.
0: Right well, now. here's the thing. You might not take the glove into the account, but you have to take into account the sports character and the intangibles that he brings into your locker room. The dude is a leader. People look up to him, literally and figuratively, and that matters He's, a fa- he's the face of baseball with Shohei Otani. He's a guy that you can market to your fan base. So even though the Yankees may have a limit where they would feel comfortable going with a contract, there are going to be other teams that are willing to blow past that regardless of what his postseason looks like. So that's why I don't necessarily view the postseason as something that can put a damper on the season that he's put together. It just can't. Now, as a Yankees fan, I hate the road that we have to go because you're talking about having to face the winner of the Guardians and the Rays, and let's be honest. Probably gonna be the Rays. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna be the
1: Rays. And the Rays and
0: the Rays have had our number in the postseason of recent years.
1: And and they're and, one of those teams that'll be a little mental factor. And they're and they're feisty. Yep. And once and here's the thing, they're not afraid our, our, of the Yankees.
0: Our, our prize once we get past Kevin Cash and the Rays is dealing with the Houston Astros.
1: But see that to me, it, it's funny. Like the Rays series would be a little bit scarier. I know how good the, Ast- the Astros on, are. a better on. team. I know that. But the Rays series is a little bit scarier because you should beat the Rays, but Rays have had your number before. The Yankees will be, not that they wouldn't be up for the Rays, but they will be really up for the Astros because there there is still very much the edge of what happened. Yeah, that's cool, but baseball is one of those sports that if you try harder, you don't necessarily get better results.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that that's going to be something that's actually working in our favor if, in fact, we do get to the ALCS. All I'm simply saying is this. The postseason only serves to help Aaron Judge when it comes to the contract that he's going to be able to command in the wintertime when a hot stove kicks
1: off. It ain't going to hurt him. You're not going to hate it, though, if, you know, the Indians or the Guardians and the Mariners, you know, find their way to still the— Still getting used to saying Guardians, it's, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's like ESPN Plus. I'm still getting used to saying stop it. Just ESPN stop saying app. it. Just say app. Yeah. All right. Well, point is, like, Yankees are not going to be crying if the Guardians win and the yankees are not going to be crying if the mariners somehow knock off the astros to get to the ALCS. Yeah. They'll be okay with that.
0: Yeah, they'll be okay with
1: that. My my just my whole feeling though is just based on how they are consistently graded at least how we publicly grade the yankees on a much different level than other teams, there will be a faction that will look at it and say, "Oh, a Judge went 1 for 15." Well, I mean, that was a great season and all, but we're the New York Yankees. This is about winning championships, and if he can't deliver in the postseason, then we got a problem. Well, you hands. can look
0: at that another way too, Carlin. If you don't have Aaron Judge on this team, you're not winning the division next year.
1: No, I agree. I agree. So I mean, you talk
0: about winning a champ, winning championships. That's how I would... You're not going to you're not going to win your division next year. So that's something to consider if you in fact are going to let Just him walk
1: out of quickly. that door. Be honest. Do you think Cashman might try to use it against him a little bit in the negotiation if he had a bad postseason? But here's the thing. There are other teams that are going to be involved that are going to pay him a lot of money. That's not what I'm asking. Do you think Cashman will try to use it? I don't
0: think there's anything that Cashman can can effectively use against Aaron Judge when it gets to hot stove. Canteen
1: Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented, as always, By Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We want your take on what we saw last night, if that's the true record, and if Judge is going to stay with the Yankees. Hit the open lines right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. Is 62 the true record? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
2: You can't miss Canty and Carlin. Pound for Pound, the biggest show on
1: ESPN Radio. How about this? This is just aggravating. Mm. The fan who ran out onto the field at the game on Monday night that got clocked by Bobby Wagner of the Rams? Yep. Filing a police report.
0: He's filing a police report for assault against Bobby Wagner? I, I yeah. don't even know. In what world does that (laughs) – Carlin, it feels like a money grab because you know professional athletes have money and you're saying, you know what, maybe I can get something out of this. Maybe there can be a settlement. But I don't understand how law enforcement would in any way, shape, or form side with a fan that put everybody in jeopardy by violating the stadium's policy and running out on the field with a smoke bomb. How is that okay? You endanger everybody in the stadium when you have that kind of behavior. So so why, in fact, are you now going to turn this around and present yourself as the victim? It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And it becomes a slippery slope if, if somehow, some way, Bobby Wagner were to be held liable for this because think about how many other fans are going to be a copycat. How many other people are going to try to do this in stadiums and arenas at sporting events? I don't know how they put a handle on it. I don't know how they put a... I don't know how they put a cap on that kind of behavior, Carl. And it becomes something that puts players in jeopardy because fans feel like they can take it upon themselves to do this. And if I can provoke one of these athletes that's making a lot of
1: money, millions of dollars, then I can get something out of it. Here's what I here's what I don't get. And, and I do get it a little bit. The organization, and I'm not even going to say who it is, the organization that he was out there trying to raise awareness for by running out onto the field with a stupid T-shirt on, Mm -hmm. now is kind of backing him up in this assault uh, report by saying that, you know, one of these days, they are really going to hurt a player, or a player's really going to hurt them, and they called it a blatant assault on this guy. I'm sorry, on the ticket, it gives you what all the rules are, and that's one of them, and you can... What you're doing is illegal, and all bets are off at that point. But here's the thing, Carlin: those rules are put in place to
0: protect everyone, including the players, which you How are How does there- a
1: player know he's not getting assaulted?
0: That's my point. Yeah. Nobody knows. Like, the player doesn't yeah. know what that guy like has. He he's got a smoke bomb in his hand. There's no telling what that guy's got on him. No. We don't know, especially if you have somebody that has an agenda, and clearly based on the T-shirt that he wore and having a smoke bomb, there was an agenda. So I, I don't understand how you can hold Bobby Wagner accountable or blame him for whatever comes to you for violating the stadium's policy and the stadium's rules. I know what this guy can go ahead and do with that uh, lawsuit. Did you miss
1: Canty and Carlin? It was a special moment last night in Texas when Aaron Judge hit number 62. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN the ESPN app. Marley Rivera covering the yankees and baseball all throughout the course of the year has been around Aaron judge quite a bit uh, over the last several years and marley joins us right now marley it's chris carlin and chris canty we appreciate the time how you doing
3: i'm great thank you so much for having me i'm just very excited to be on with you guys and uh yeah definitely you described it perfectly chris like just a very special night well let's talk about that marley just
1: Give me a sense of the atmosphere around Judge leading into it because it had been, what, 12 games without a home run at that point, and I'm sure there were at least some people who were wondering if this was going to happen.
3: Well, a little bit less, right, because he did, uh, you know, he hit 61 in Toronto just over a week ago, so just under that. But it is one of those moments where it's been interesting to see it happening all across baseball and in different places and how everyone kind of dealt with it differently, like kind of the moment. And in New York, what was interesting is when it happened in New York, it was almost like reverential, right? It was very quiet. It was very eerie. And, and quoting Alex Cora saying, I've never seen anything like it. And, and Alex Cora, obviously one of the managers that, especially as of late, has really gone to Yankee Stadium quite a bit and has experienced you know, Yankee Stadium you know, at the height of just kind of big Yankees-Red Sox moments. And he's like, it's just eerie. You can hear a pin drop at that moment. And not only that, just kind of hearing the disappointment and the boos at times when it was a single or a double and, of course, a base on ball. So then that example and then having seen it on the road, right, at one point when it happened in Milwaukee and just the way that people would react, whether they were fans of the New York Yankees or for another team. And then here in Texas, a little bit different. There was a little bit of of a different atmosphere. Lots of Yankee fans, they had, but we know the Texas Rangers have had a a really, really tough season. So, you know, maybe not the level of excitement that we saw in New York, but certainly just a really perfect moment in a weird way, because all the, all the people in Texas were kind of grateful. This has been a very terrible season, not great things, not too many great things have happened here at Globe Life uh, Field, and they were just pretty excited about being there for that moment.
0: Marley, last night, Roger Maris Jr. had some strong statements that he put on social media saying that Aaron Judge is the clean, home-run, single-season king, and little kids have somebody that they can finally look up to. And Paul Hembakides, who's one of the producers on our morning show, Get Up, from 8 to 10, said that Barry Bonds is the record holder, but Aaron Judge is the standard. Could you help us, I I guess, frame Aaron Judge's Mm. place in history of baseball when it comes to power hitters
3: well i think that first of all it's so kind of you to to think that i can do that (laughs) that (laughs) level like that those are some major words um so what i'm going to do instead is frame it as aaron judge has said it and i'm going to quote aaron judge aaron judge who grew up you know just about a half hour east of of the bay in san francisco a massive san francisco giants fan says the, you know, the, the record in baseball is the 73 home runs by Barry Bonds. That's actually what Aaron Judge has said. And he said, you know, so at this point, until baseball tells us different, Aaron Judge is only the American League home run champion. And I understand the way that Roger Maris Jr. feels. And we have seen um, actually when Aaron tied, um, obviously, his father in Toronto when, when that happened last week. It was he actually got on the podium and said the same thing. He actually on the podium said to all of us, the media, said that baseball should actually revise that and they should go back and take that record away. That is not what Aaron Judge stands, you know, and that is not what the records are. So until Major League Baseball tells us any different, the home run record is 73 home runs by Barry Bonds, and at this point, 62 home runs stand as only the American League record.
1: Marley Rivera, ESPN MLB reporter, joining us. Marley. We know about Roger Maris that it was almost a sense of relief after it happened. Did you get the same sense from Aaron Judge, or was there a little bit more enjoyment of it on his part?
3: I have to say that it was 100% relief. There was a moment where, I mean, we kept telling him, right, like it was particularly between 61, right, 61 and 62. As as you guys correctly mentioned, it was like this period of two weeks, right, and it just kept dragging on. And not only that, he had a six-game homestand, right, that it didn't happen in the South Bronx with all these people waiting and, you know, rain-shortened games and just horrible weather that we've had in New York, and all these people were just out there rooting for him and waiting for him and every single at-bat. No one has ever experienced this. Like, we have to remember, not only is this a 61-year-old record, right, it's also that the era of social media. Like, all these people are just standing and on their phones and recording, and all you saw last night was this sense of relief. I mean, Aaron Judge is, you know, six-seven, as we all well know, and almost the shoulders dropped a little. It was nice to see him enjoy the moment with his wife, and there was this joy in, in that moment that I do think is so well-deserved because of the level of poise that he's handled with people saying, you know, he couldn't handle the pressure. And you correctly said it. I mean, in the, the legend says that Maris, you know, was losing his hair, you know, when when he did it at the end of the season. Aaron Judge is a young man, you know, that hair is still intact, so he's mm. just right there. But it really was truly, I can't say. And we asked him, and he said, absolutely, there's truly a sense of relief.
0: Talking with ESPN Major League Baseball writer Marley Rivera on Canty Carl and Carlin, and Marley. As a Yankees fan, I want to know how this magical season for Aaron Judge is going to translate into postseason success. Now that we have the bracket set, how do you see the Yankees' chances of being able to get back to the World Series for the first time since 2009?
3: We're going to see what that path is, Chris. And I think it's going to be important to see what the matchups are going to be. I do think that maybe the New York Yankees don't want any part of the Tampa Bay Rays. We know they're going to get the winner of the Cleveland Rays series. And we know they're like, you know, we know them really well, but they also know us. Really, really well. That's pretty much what Boone said. And we know that, I mean, Tampa Bay has been a thorn on every Yankees fan's side. And you know that. It is really a very difficult matchup because of that excellent pitching and knowing that someone as talented as Tyler Glass now is going to be an option, you know, to start for that team. So that truly is something the Yankees are a little bit concerned about. But they feel that at this point, they are getting healthier, except the bullpen. So the Yankees are going to have that trouble. And we know. That in the playoffs, it's all about pitching, and it really is going to matter. So what is the Yankees bullpen going to do? I'm going to give you the answer of if the Yankees bullpen doesn't get it together, the path to the World Series may not be um, very, very smooth.
1: Marley, if you could see the pain on Chris Canty's face when you brought up the Yankees. <laughs> I actually Bowl can pen. see
3: it. Like, I feel like I covered Chris, you know, you know, further on when he was an athlete. And you just kind of see it. I, I can actually picture him right now. <laughs> kind of having his face. of so, like, it's just, just the emotions. Chris, just take a deep breath. And remember that all you pessimistic Yankee fans were thinking that you were not making the postseason. And right now you are playing a meaningless game today. And you don't play, play till October 11th. So it's going to be all right. No, they're gonna get it together and it's all about being healthy. (laughs) And it's really going to matter what Clay Holmes and Wandy Peralta you know, what they can contribute.
2: Those are going to be two oh really, really God. key guys. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Marley, thanks. <laughs> okay, I'm breathe, go get- <laughs> breathe. <laughs> yeah. Marley, thanks. I
1: am I am actually going to go perform some CPR on Chris during the break. <laughs> Appreciate it. Awesome stuff as usual. Thank you. Uh, just so great to be on with you guys. Thank you. Marley Rivera, ESPN MLB reporter. Oh. Do you want me to grab the little paddles to shock you uh, back to I, life? I,
0: I, I might need you to, ma'am. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.